one of the things that I love in my healing touch training, um, we had a whole segment on, you know, the, the healing environment is part is very much part. The environment is part of the healing process and that the practitioner is a part of the environment. outside of institutional religion. I'm Shane the Catskills, an artist living at the intersection of social justice and spirituality, who spent a decade living in a Zen Buddhist monastery before re-entering lay life in 2019. And I'm Peg Conway, a writer, energy healer, and motherless daughter. I anchored myself in the liturgical rhythms of the Catholic Church for my entire adult life until I just couldn't anymore. In our previous episode, we talked about desire and ritual. In this episode, we're going to talk about how rituals show up in our work. So Shay, how are you arriving? Let's mm. check in first. So we're doing another um, sort of early-ish recording, which means I feel pretty bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I've done my morning walk and my morning writing, and I have a new setup here where I have a standing desk because um, my back is like no longer sitting in a chair is not, not working. So I feel actually much more grounded than I usually do instead of like sitting on the floor or in a chair and sort of got my feet on the earth, which feels nice. And it finally rained a little bit today. We haven't had rain in like a couple months, literally. We actually had a oh, drought wow. warning issue yesterday. So it rained a little bit. It'd be great if it rained more, but I am um, arriving just feeling delicious about having this conversation. What about you? Um, kind of same. The morning sessions, I arrive kind of, um, I don't know, fresh or sort of, I don't know, uncluttered. The day is not fully begun, but it is nicely begun. Breakfast, coffee, a little bit of writing um, and ready to just dive in. It's been, it's, we've had nice, actually, we've had really nice weather here. Um, not super hot. Um, I've, yeah, it's nice. I've kind of a busy day of a couple appointments today. And so it feels, which actually feels nice. The last couple of days have been sort of unstructured. So I feel fortunate to have that kind of variety in my life. Yeah. It feels good when we like, when I start the day with doing something like this, it kind of feels like however else the rest of the day plays out, I feel like I did something, you know, right. Exactly. Um, that feels really good. So I'm wondering if you might start us off today, um, talking about how rituals show up in our work. I think I love this topic and it's actually an exploratory topic. So I, as I talk, I think I'm going to discover what I really am thinking about this because I don't have, I don't have like, oh yeah, uh, light bulbs have gone off about it sort of have, but so I think of my work as writing and energy healing. And I think of energy healing as more of work because I am hired to do it in most cases. And it writing is more of a, I mean, sometimes there's money involved, but not always. And that money doesn't need to be a part of what you consider your work anyway, but um, in my approach. Um, and so I think both of these activities include elements of ritual. For example, at my, I have a little office um, where I see clients. Um, and I, even when I do virtual sessions, I usually go to my office because that's where my 
you know, clients lie on a table, like a massage table, fully clothed. And so even when I'm doing a remote session, I put myself in that space. And that's kind of a ritual itself, you know, half an hour early, get things set up, get the music set up, sort of pour the glass of water, all these little tasks. And you could say those are habits or routines, but I think for me, it is a way of setting intention of, you know, I want to be there on time. I want to be, you know, not in a flurry. And sometimes clients arrive early and I'm like, oh, I haven't done all the things, but oh, well, you know, I can, I can roll with that. Um, but just the intention of creating the space and then you know, talking with the client, hearing what they're looking for. And then the process of doing a healing touch session, you know, there's a, a, a 10 step process that, you know, we are taught to you know assessment and grounding ourselves, all these different things. And at, when I was first exposed to it, I was like, oh, this sounds like a doctor's routine. I don't like, I don't take a history, all this, but I've come, you know, now as I've come, it's become part of me. I know how to do it. I'm not like thinking, oh, now I have to do this. It's, it, it feels very, um, holistic and um, supportive of, and I do a, you know, we talk and then they lie on the table. And then, you know, I have usually done a, something to ground myself, a little meditation. And then I lead the client in a little, you know, a little guided meditation to kind of arrive and settle onto the table and then do the techniques and such. And so it in and of itself, doing the session feels like a ritual in a very lovely way. I look forward to going, I look forward to, you know, engaging and, and even, the gestures and techniques of healing touch involve my own body movements that feel, you know, laying hands or, you know, moving my hands to move, you know, clear congested energy that itself feels lovely. Like, um, you know, a, a gesture, a, a whole, a ritual gesture of, mm. you know, and the intention behind it feels very involving of my whole self. And so I love, I love that about that. And sometimes having a session in and of itself is a ritual for someone. For example, um, I had someone come who was starting a new job and it's felt like a good time for her to have it. Like she just wanted to, you know, kind of clear herself or you just sort of set an intention in a way. Um, and somebody else who I may have mentioned this in a previous session or somewhere um, at the end of her school year, came and she thought this is a good time to have a session I, i'm worn out i want to have a good you know i want to enter into summer it's like a threshold you can kind of and there is like even the ultimate threshold of death or a technique that i mean it's for any life transition but it is particularly appropriate in the in the setting where someone is dying and i had the opportunity to um, offer that both to my stepmother and my father-in-law when they're in their time of their death and that in it you know it was meaningful to me i think it was they were not coherent at the time, but and for other family members, it was a, there's no words. It's just gestures. I think that's another piece of it as I'm like exploring, which is interesting that my other work is writing. This is not words, it's body mm. movements and, you know, intentions and vibes. And writing is similar in that doing it is a ritual of beginning my day or ending my day or processing um, an event like, oh, I need to write about this as a way of kind of offloading it or completing the experience almost of, oh, this was really exciting or, oh, this was really stressful. You kind of move it along through the emotional cycle. So, I don't know. Is that enough to start with? I That's love kind of where what, I'm yeah. starting with it. Yeah, no, this is great. I love what you're saying about um, completing the moment, like marking transitions, you know, how your work 
can do that for people. And then also your own sort of experience of the ritual of being the practitioner who's doing it, like your rituals of beginning and ending and actually going to your office, which I love. That makes so much sense to me. I'm curious if you could say a little bit about, or just think out loud a little bit about, um, like being the holder of the container, you know, and sort of, you know, I, I, I clock that like um, when a client arrives early and you're sort of able to adjust, but like as, because I also hold a container in my work too. And so I'm curious about how you do that, like how you think about it and also like how you work with boundaries and consent with the people that you work with and how that is also part of, or do you see that as part of the ritual? Um, I see, definitely see it as part of the container. Well, I mean, in my hyper-organized, well, I'm not always hyper-organized, but I tried when I leave the office at the conclusion of a session or two, I leave it as best as possible ready for the next client. So that should I be running late? Should they be running early? There is the minimum of disruption. And one of the things that I love in my Healing Touch training um, we had a whole segment on, you know, the the healing environment is part, is very much part, the environment is part of the healing process and that the practitioner is a part of the environment. And so we are encouraged to do a, specific, you know, a grounding practice before the client comes. And so I, I am just hype. I'm very aware that if I'm flustered, they're going to be flustered. And so I just always try to be very grounded that, oh, you're early. It's fine. Or, you know, when I moved to my new office after our condo move, I switched places to be closer to this home. Um, it's, a, it's a little harder to find the parking and, you know, kind of managing all the details. And a couple of times I had clients arrive a little bit irritated because they went to the wrong floor or they went to the wrong, you know. And so I, I thought, I get it. And I thought, I'm not going to get, you know, I'm, we're here, here now. It's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not defensive about this because I, and that way too, like, I hate to be late. I hate to be frustrated when I can't find an office. Um, you're here now. Let's, you know, kind of arrive. And I just am very aware of wanting it to be like an oasis. I think of it as an oasis for the client that, and I, I want to do what I can to make that happen. And I, you know, I try to make sure that I've had a snack, that I'm hydrated, all, you know, kind of those, those, those self-care things. I think it's easy to think of self-care as sort of extra, but in reality, it's really essential to doing the, this kind of healing work is, you know, your own self needs, you are part of the, the process and it needs to be, you need to be at your full capacity. Mm. It makes me think when I was in my twenties and I was seeing, um, a therapist and, um, I was like, who takes care of you? You know, um, I was so like disturbed. Like, you're just going to sit here and listen to me. Like who's, who's listening to you who takes care. And so when I hear you talk about like that, the self-care is not extra, actually it's, you know, taking that burden away from the other person so that we can completely be present for them and be taken care of ourselves because we've done that. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, and I think that this has to do with my nature as like a, I have a lot of planets in Capricorn. I'm very organized. And I think of my admin that I do related to my work. The admin is part of the ritual. Like the mm. emails that I send out, 
Like I don't have booking registration software. People have to like reach out to me by email. So there's an actual connection that's happening one-to-one. It's not mediated through a platform or a soft, you know, I mean, it's mediated through email, but you know, and like the follow-up emails that I send, like I spend a lot of time on them and I, they're edited to sound like me, to sound like, you know, that all of, you know, that the emails that we exchange, just booking or someone's registering, like the rituals begun, you know, and I, I love that. And you know what? I didn't articulate that, but now that you say, you pointed out, I, I was very casual when I first got started with this. And then I, I realized I need to take this ser- I, I need to take the whole process seriously. And so I started, you know, a tracking um chart of, you know, who's because I, I may have mentioned before I could receive referrals from a local agency that um serves people in cancer treatment. And so I get these email referrals and I need I thought I need to have a better organization system. And I have a a standard email that I edit for each person around after we've had it set up the appointment, I confirm it by email and I send out the registration form if they wish to uh, fill it out ahead of time, they don't have to. Um, and I, it makes me feel that's part of the container. I absolutely agree with you. I feel like I might want to also add for people that are unfamiliar with energy healing that I am, I am certified through an organization called Healing Touch Program, which was started in the 1980s by a nurse in Colorado. And there's a a five series of five workshops. Um, and then it's, you know, a sort of a year of apprenticeship of, of really diving into developing a practice and serving clients and being, you know, working with a mentor. And, uh, I started that study in 2014 and I finished in 2020. Um, healing touch is offered in a lot of hospitals around the United States. It was, it was designed to be kind of acceptable in a clinic, you know, in a more wet medical setting, although it is offered in the community widely. I am not a nurse. It was originally nurses who took the course, but now, you know, it's open to everyone and I am not a nurse. And I'll just say as someone who has had a couple sessions with you now, you know, while I'm at my <laughs> laying in my bed in Phoenicia and you're in your office in Ohio. Um, and it's kind of, it's incredible. I don't know why I'm shocked every time that like, I have such an experience like across time and space, like, of course. And also it's like, wow, it actually, my, my experience of it feels very much like when I used to go get acupuncture, I had a series Mm. of acupuncture treatments for something very specific. And, you know, I would go and the practitioner would put the needles in and leave me there for, I don't know how long, but it was, I wasn't sleeping but I was in this kind of twilight, you know, this very deep relaxation that I, I love rare- the word twilight. That's a good one <laughs> that I rarely experience in my day-to-day life. And so, um, just want to say highly recommend. Well, that's very nice. It, it is fun. And in that, and that in itself, I think a lot of people say things like, that. Oh, that was so great. And, and I think part of why I think of it as a ritual is I don't think of it as like I'm following, I'm making something happen necessarily. I'm, I am facilitating something. I'm participating in something that the client is also participating in and that the whole energy around us is part of it's, it's, and I think that's, that is a degree of humility, but it, it's also inspiring. It feels, it's, I think that's part of what keeps me engaged with it. It's like this mysterious thing that 
any, in a way, anybody can do it. It's not, I mean, obviously I've had some training, but I'm not special, special. It's, and I can teach people. In fact, we're encouraged to teach people, teach their family members, like for someone who's injured, like you can do this to help their pain or, you know, just make it available. I love that. You know, I, that's also my experience in reading for people and even in like, you know, facilitating groups is that I'm participating in a process. I'm not trying to get something done or do something or figure something or fix something or get something right. And in a way it takes a lot of the pressure off, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't have to get neurotic about, you know, am I going to say the right thing? It's like, I, you know, that I feel like the preparatory rituals that I do, you know, are to prepare myself to just kind of do, do my work and with all of the other seen and unseen forces that are at play. So I love how you're framing this as like both a mystery and as sort of a, a whole process that's, um, you know, that multiple seen and unseen beings are participating in. I actually, um, as part of my ritual, when I read for people is I, um, they select their deck and I make an offering and I call, I invite in all of our beloved dead and allies in the seen and unseen worlds to participate in the reading for like messages that need to come through. And then I ask, you know, the person I'm reading for, is there anyone in particular that you want to invite in? Um, and so in a way it's like, I feel very like there's a team here, mm -hmm, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's participating in this and I'm just doing my part. And, um, that it does feel like it takes the pressure off and it keeps me from, yeah, um, making things a bigger deal than they are, even though it is a big deal to to work with people's energy or to, you know, read an oracle for, for people. It is a big deal, but like, I feel like that framing puts it everything in the proper context. I completely agree. And I think on the occasion, you know, occasionally people are not into it or, you know, they're like, yeah, well, that was fine. Or, but then they don't come back or whatever. It also helps me be much less personal about it. It's not, well, it's not a, whether they liked me or not. It's well, it was not for them or they got what they needed and moved on. Or, you know, it's all, there's so much more at play than just me or them even. It's, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. That feels well, very, yeah, no, well, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish. I was, I was gonna just going to say it. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh my God. What was I going to say? No, I think that, um, I think I for completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh my well, God. I was going to a... say, maybe this is a good a transition moment for you to then let's hear about your tarot work and oh. how the ritual, because I think we're kind of, we're blending right in and I, I'm, I feel like it's a good moment for that. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting. I keep during the course of this conversation, I keep thinking about um, when I went to my first Al-Anon meetings when I was still living at the monastery and, um, you know, I would get there and they would open up the space and set up the chairs and the snack person would like take out the snacks and then we would sit down and they would like read the, the sort of like meeting description. And I was like, oh my God, like this is a whole liturgy here. This is a whole like putting out the chairs like and so when I heard you sort of talking about your space and like you know that you know everything is sort of it's almost like um 
I almost, well, I'll say it. It's almost like a kind of foreplay, right? It's a kind Mm. of like getting in the mood, getting my body mind in the right frame. And so for, you know, my tarot work, I mean, what's interesting is that my work happens in my room, in my, where I also sleep, where I also like read and do my yoga, like my life happens in this room. So I do need to mark transitions, right? Oh, yes. So much. So setting up, like, I don't have my computer sitting on my desk all the time. It's only out when I'm doing work, you know, so that actually like, putting, you know, setting up my computer. And like, that means like it's work time, you know, otherwise like the day just everything bleeds into everything. And, you know, I think we've talked about in previous episodes that what's so powerful about ritual and what you were talking about earlier is it's sort of marking transitions, completing, opening a moment and completing a moment. And, um, So I do that with my work and then, um, you know, I set up my computer, I light my altar, my work altar. And I also have, I have several altars, so (laughs) they're all going and I make offerings. And, um, I have to say that I, um, I think that like in a previous time I would have been very like, okay, I need to like meditate or pray before, you know, but I'm not, I don't do that. You know, I kind of just like open this, you know, I light the altars and then like I open the zoom room and like, there's not a lot of like fuss and muss about it. It doesn't, it's not that I feel casual about it, but I also, I think that it's, it's a maturing from this, um, sense that like, if I, if I do the wrong thing, or if I'm not in the right frame of mind, or if I take the wrong step, like it's going to be ruined. And I feel like that I that's... was just going to say, it sounds like you are operating from within you, you do what you need to do to be ready without fa- feeling like there's some authority saying, oh, it has to be done this way. Yeah. It's, it's letting go of kind of a fear-based scarcity-based mentality and just operating from a place of trust, you know? And, um, Something that I, you and I, I think both took this class with Demetra George about, um, I remember her saying she's an astrologer and she wrote a book called mysteries of the dark moon among many, many other books, which is on my shelf back here. Totally like 10 out of 10 recommend. And, um, she was talking in that she was just this little throwaway line about, um, the people who come to you for your work are the people who are meant to come to you for your work. Hmm. you know, that like, in other words, I don't do a lot. Um, so, you know, we've talked about like pleasure in our rituals. Like it's not pleasurable to me to like be on social media, like promoting myself. I, I do kind of the minimum, but that's not actually much prefer to receive referrals from people who've had a good experience, you know, telling people about it. And so that, that trust extends to that too, that the people who are meant to work with me come to work with me and I don't have to like scramble or, you know, so that also feels like the ritual of my work is kind of embodying that trust. Um, because I feel like that's kind of what I'm doing in a reading is I don't actually know what this person needs to do or, you know, the cards are actually going to, um, stimulate their own associations and memories, which is something that I can know nothing about, which is why, you know, their participation in the ritual of a reading is so important. So all of that to say that I just feel like I have developed a lot of self-trust and trust in, you know, the mystery and all the different forces. And so that's really helpful. 
And then, you know, part of the ritual of during a reading is making sure that I orient the person so that they know what's going to happen and Mm -hmm, that they can, mm -hmm. like, I don't just start pulling cards. It's kind of like, are you ready? You know? Um, And I feel like noticing a ritual of my work is like asking a lot of questions because I feel like that really allows for things to not feel so fearful or fear-based or fixed or black Mm -hmm, and white. mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I do feel like being the person holding the container. I love holding a container. I feel like, I feel like you and I are both like made for that, you know? And so, you know, sometimes I extend the container if things are running a little long, but it's having, it's like that flexibility that you talked about. It's sort of like, there's not a fixed rule that we have to end at 50 minutes, you know? At the same but time, there is, there is the energy of, you know, 75 minutes is usually about the, my sessions max, you know, and I don't book people more than certainly never more than 90 minutes apart, uh, less than 90 minutes, usually two hours, just because I like to relax in between. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to have that sort of process of bringing it to a close in a, in a appropriate way, gentle way. And usually the clients are ready to leave too, by the time, you know, we get to that point. They're full. Yeah. And, and I think, again, it's that self-trust of not like, I don't have to like give more. I don't have to like, you know, exactly that, that feeling of like, is this enough? Like, let I've me given you know. the right thing. I've given it. And I trust, I, I love how like, I'm totally resonating with everything. So like, oh, I should have said that. I think that too. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, this is why we're having these conversations because we have, you know, so much of this overlapping experience. And then I kind of close the ritual. I photograph their spread and I send it to them. And that's like, again, the closing admin, that sort of closing email, you know, like email is such a bane. And it's also like a, a mode of connection, you mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. so- well, um, I feel like I want to interject that I have been on the receiving end of Shay's tarot rituals many times, and I thoroughly enjoy them and I feel totally empowered by them. I, in fact, that's what I would say is that it's fun. Tarot with you is fun. And I feel like immediately I know how to do it. Like I can, I feel you have made it very accessible to me as, mm. as me and encourage my own self-trust in the environment of tarot. Isn't that amazing how like we our, our work is basically like, um, I was going to say transmitting, but really sharing like our own, like every time I do this, I feel like it reinforces my own work that I've done around self-empowerment and self-trust mm-hmm. and letting things be playful and pleasurable and not like scary and work and like getting it right or wrong. And so I feel like that because that's been so much of my work to feel more free in my life, I feel like that is like a huge part of what I'm offering in the ritual. Um, and then just to say, like in the groups that we do, you know, you're in one of my study groups, that opening ritual of the check-in, you know, the, the check-in, I remember very distinctly going to an anti-racism training when I was living at the monastery. It was during a meditation retreat. The teacher let me and, and someone else from the monastery go to this all day long train. I think it was two days or a day and a half. Oh, wow. And there were 70 people in the training. They were going to break it up into two, but they decided to keep us all in the same room. And the first thing they did was a check-in 70 people checking in. So two hours in, I was like, when are they going to start the retreat? And like, literally I was like, oh my God, 
I have not recognized that this ritual is well underway. And that to me, I actually have tingles just talking about it was when I was like, oh, this is white supremacy culture, right? When are we getting to the material, right? This check-in of who you are, what your name is, why you're here. That's just prelim to get to the real thing. And it was like, I'm like having such a, a visceral experience of the memory of that, of actually being like, I've been missing this ritual my whole life of actually landing in a room, taking mm -hmm. each other in and like checking in and how much kind of capitalist, you know, rush culture mm -hmm. is about like getting to the so-called important things, which don't include relationship and seeing each other. And so mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of learning is also very built into my work. I love that. I, I learned, I may have said, well, I've, I know I've mentioned the pastor of the parish where I was for many years. And when I was in parish leadership, organ, you know, committees and things. And when he was there, he always started with a check-in, like, how are you arriving? Literally, he might've said, how are you arriving? And there might be a specific question related to the season or something, but these were smaller groups and they were very um, homogeneous, but it was, it did build relationship. It brought you, it was like a bridge into, okay, we're here to focus on this tonight. And it, it, it was like almost an energy practice actually of clearing the energy of the work day or the rushed dinner or the whatever. It's like, okay, now we're all here together and we can engage about this more freely, more openly. And it does, it does set the stage in a really beautiful way. Yeah, the relational piece is not separate from the work that we've come there to do, you know, right. and that's also something I feel like I've learned in Surge, which I talked about in a previous episode, that is always a part of every action is some relational piece, because um, I feel like that's what the culture has kind of taken from us is, you know, a, placing a value on money and productivity over our relationships with each other. And so to ritualize that through something as simple as a check-in can be really powerful. And, you know, I'm sure you do this with your clients. It's just sort of like, we arrive in the zoom room, like, how's your day going? You know, it's kind mm -hmm. of just like land together. Um, yeah. So do you feel like, is there more that you, that you're thinking of that you want to say about this or do we feel sort of complete about it or where are you? Um, I think I feel pretty complete. I think between what I said and what I said about what you said, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Is there any more you want to say about tarot? I mean, I can add that tarot is a ritual. Like I just had a reading on my birthday. That was something I thought of. Oh, I should do something for myself for my birthday. What should that be? I hadn't had an individual reading in a while and it was fun. It was like, oh, it, and it, later in the day, it rained on the picnic that we wanted to have. So we had to have, we had people here instead, which was fine, family. And, but the reading was like, okay, that was my little treat to myself. And that was fun. Yeah. I think similarly to your energy work, people come for a reading when they want to mark a transition, um, a birthday or um, a breakup or a divorce, or they're getting married or, um, and also when people are stuck or on the threshold of like a major change, like a move. Mm -hmm. um, and really, in my experience, a good reading just affirms what the person already knows. Mm -hmm. um, like all of the kind of free floating, either anxiety or whatever gets kind of um, contained in the reading and sort of put in a context that's like usable for the person um, to kind of 
operationalize what they already know to be true. Um, so I feel like a good reading shouldn't feel like super surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I feel pretty complete around that. I mean, this was really fun to sort of, I love what you said at the beginning about like, I feel like I've been thinking out loud through the course of this conversation about things. And um, I love when we do that. Me too. So um, in closing, something that we're grateful for right now, do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Why don't you go first this time? Well, I am feeling really grateful actually for my work. I taught a Tarot 101 last night for the first time in more than six months. And uh, I feel like I am doing the work that I am meant to do in this life. I feel so um, like I have so much integrity around what I'm doing that what I'm offering feels like it really comes from my experience and, and what I in particular have to offer and that, you know, people, um, find it useful and helpful. And like, I'm just very aware that not everyone in the world gets to do work that feels like their life's work that feels deeply satisfying. And, um, so I'm just feeling really like, I can't believe that I get to kind of do the work that I do. And, um, and also just all feeling really grateful for my friendships, both my work and my friendships feel like, um, I can't believe this life is so, um, rich and, um, abundant. And it feels amazing to be able to say that. Uh, likewise, I, I think the thing that's topping my gratitude list right now is, I would say, relationships and connections. I recently um, went to a writing conference in Pennsylvania where I met in person a number of other writers that I had been connected to online for the last several years. In in the pandemic, I mean, there was already a lot of connections for writers online, but some real strong communities kind of arose in the Zoom world that have kind of con- that have continued in different forms. But a writing conference, Hippocamp, it's um, put on by Hippocampus Literary Magazine, and uh, so I met a lot of people in real life who I had met, you know, in Zoom, and it it felt like I knew them already, and it was a very um, affirming just a really great energy and and you know I'm kind of in this looking for my next project writing wise been searching you know now that we're kind of settled after moving I feel like this is a good time to be discerning that and it felt feels kind of I wouldn't say playful but it feels sort of curious like okay I'm interested in this and not not like judging like oh you know pressure product productivity kind of thing kind of curious and feeling like open to creativity um i'm also really grateful for my relationships because someone very dear to me has been diagnosed with cancer and that has been extremely stressful and worrying um but there's been so many relationships that are that have you know held all of us or help you know, just feel very solid and supportive and um that is just really I mean, I've always felt that way, but I've really felt it, you know, my rosary friends, my high school friends, my family members. Um, it just feels really, it feels like renewed in the mm. past, you know, these these two experiences feel like a renewal of, of something that I've always felt. It just feels like I'm really aware of it. Maybe I'm just like a renewed awareness of how important it is to be connected to people, um, 
spiritually, friendship, social, creative, all the different ways. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Is there anything in particular that you want to let folks know that you're up to? Other than the usual, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to be creating a workshop on like energy first aid, like techniques people can do for in their home, energy first aid for any home or something. It's it's the title I'm playing with, but that won't be till later in the fall. You know, Joe and I are going to Ireland for two weeks in September. So I will be, you know, kind of not working in the same way. Oh, that's great. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. So I'll be, you know, sharing that on social media and through my newsletter, which comes out on the fifth of the month. Um, my newsletter as usual, first of the month, sign up at shanethecatskills.com. Also at shanethecatskills.com under the tarot tab is my series in progress called tarot is questions. Oh, which is fabulous. I love it. <laughs> I really you. do. Be honest, I'm not relating to that deck so much. Yeah, that your folk that you are using as your inspiration, but the questions for reading a card, like examining a reflecting on a card, are fabulous. So, I think today's day 44. Um, that I have been, I wake up, I go for my walk, I come back, I pull a card from this deck, Itel Kokun's Tarot as Color, which many people do not like. I have learned. They've let me know. I don't dislike it. I just don't feel called to resonate at the moment. Yeah. And I'm using the cards in that deck as a prompt to write about all 78 arcana. And um, I'm calling the series Tarot as Questions because her deck is called Tarot as Color. And I feel like part of my work with tarot is through asking questions. So that series is um, available all in one place right now on my website. Um, And I am also mulling over offering a workshop sometime in the fall on asking questions because people- You specialize in that. (laughs) People are repeatedly- It's a strength of yours. It is. I feel like it's my Mars and Gemini. So I should put that to good use during this Mars return and perhaps do a workshop like that. but that is all. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the deliciousness as always. Of course. And likewise, fun, fun. 